What's up, everybody? This is Illiterate. This week we are covering Weird, the Al Yankovic story. My name is Evan. I just checked out the new film on Roku, hanging out with my buddy Taylor. I looked into old liner notes from his 80s albums. Oh my god. I dove in and I am I've been delighted. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was a blast. This is actually being given away right now for totally for free. Really easy to find. Just search it. Uh, <laughs> Roku out. I didn't have to sign up for an app or like give away like at my email. An email. <laughs> That's funny. Nothing. Nothing at all. That you just go click play. It was amazing. Yeah, so I recommend everybody. It's it's and and like it's good enough to back it up. Like so it's really <laughs> funny. I'm super excited now to be able to talk about it because this is a perfect a perfect example of what we cover here on the show because this is one of um you know <laughs> this is one of our most beloved pop culture figures who's still with us and he's in the twilight really of 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 really his career. And to be able to make a big piece of mainstream art with all these cameos that's just as fun and weird as him. Uh, God, I didn't even <laughs> see this coming. This wasn't on our schedule, but uh, what a delight. I can't wait to actually start picking apart what's real and what's fake here. <laughs> yeah, all, yeah. All of the nonsense behind it. Yeah, because the the thing that I you know I looked at the trailer and whatever I said oh that'll be fun and Daniel Radcliffe is playing him which is an <laughs> interesting choice I love when people are of the mind of this doesn't have to look like me it right. you know right. it doesn't matter <laughs> that sort of thing but uh, Weird Al said it in an interview quote he said I hope this confuses a lot of people because. <laughs> When I told Evan about it, I, I looked into it. I said, "Oh, this is this is itself a parody or satire." Yeah, and it. Uh, you can speak more to that. Realizing but- <laughs> really quickly, you know, okay, so he's made his career on parody very, very, very quickly. You realize well, the movie is a parody on like music biopics, and it's just on that right off the bat, brilliant. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of almost obvious the tones that it's going to strike. There are titles like Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story that come yeah. to mind, which seems like the most recent closest comparable, which now we have to think is 15 years ago or more. Yeah. And so now we're doing it. We're taking it a step further. Where that was kind of lambasting the uh, the Johnny Cash stuff indirectly. Now we're the, the guy wants his version to be, and it's the guy that does parody. So how perfect! I mean, it, it kind of as soon as you realize what it's going to be, it clicks. And it didn't click to me until I pressed play. So yeah, definitely his amount of time that he has been involved in the in the business, and like how why hasn't he <laughs> done this before? Uh, I looked at. He's only one of five artists, and Madonna and Michael Jackson are two of the other ones whom he parodied. And this is the stat to have a top 40 single in each of the last four decades. He's only one of five. God, to to have yeah oh forty years gosh. like such a yeah. such a legacy. So we we'll forget see. how long he's been around. I mean, for real. Uh, and to really contextualize this, kind of being the swan song, I guess, because you know, right before we jumped on there, we were talking about what the last leg of his career. Will uh, really he's, yeah, be, he's not going to tour is, anymore. And yeah. at some point, you know, and so this will this seems like we're marking that transition. And what an amazing. Uh, what an amazing way to do it. This, I've, <laughs> this is so much fun. Yeah. And uh, I really want to stress to everybody how much fun it actually is because I did not, I was taken totally by surprise. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had also seen with that Weird Al loves the Zucker Abraham Zucker stuff, Airplane, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, Naked mm-hmm. Gun. He said Top Secret is his favorite movie of all time. 
which is also right a wacky okay. wacky <laughs> film uh it makes sense that he would want to to marry some of that where everybody's playing it straight but it's just lunacy all around and it has this uh, cornucopia of cameo cast who are their their name actors playing name personalities <laughs> like it's it's absolutely wild like like you know not only madonna is like one of the central plot characters but like yeah, oprah yeah. winfrey has like several sequences with lines <laughs> and like it's it's absolute like just saying that makes me giggle and like that is the tone of the film really uh and everybody like you say they're playing it straight you're seeing like you know elton john and all just nonsense like all these culture icons <laughs> especially from the 80s it's charged with the yeah, yeah, 80s yeah. with this 80s flair um but it, it's amazing to see who they're casting as what and it just it's hilarious <laughs> without even having to lift a finger yeah definitely let's let's so let's with that hop into how all this madness got put together Seems Please. like it's a, it's a long time coming. Eric Apple is his directorial debut f- uh, feature-wise. He's done tons of television series directing in the comedy vein, especially. Right. And his whole thing, he was like employee number eight for Funny or Die. Wow. The, the web. Oh, my uh, gosh. Yeah. Will Ferrell vehicle stuff comes from it. And really, Dawn of the Internet humor well, there, site, yeah. like so, college humor kind of stuff yeah so that that's gosh i mean you know I, I, he's not making he's not making a feature film until now but gosh he's had an incredible ride <laughs> yeah yeah so what he uh, did what, what he did with funny or die in relation to this they had made a fake trailer for mm-hmm. essentially this a satirical biographical film in 2010 and i'll post a right. link to I think this. I remember this. <laughs> uh, Aaron Paul plays uh-huh. Weird okay. Al. Weird Al plays Weird Al's, not manager, but <laughs> you know, studio head who says, yeah, this is yeah, stupid. Yeah. You'll never work in this town. <laughs> and uh, Patton Oswalt's in it, and he's a, he's got a cameo in the film. Uh, yeah. Tons yeah, of other. Yeah, yeah. Olivia Wilde, I believe, is Madonna. Oh it, my gosh. It, it basically is the micro version of this film. Yeah, as a as a parody of itself, and so this came out in 2010. And yes. Weird Al, Weird Al, because his concerts, which I have never been to one, but I hear I have actually. Oh, yeah, you have? It, yeah, <laughs> I have been to one at the Hollywood Bowl. My buddy JD invited me. It was oh, uh, it wow. was a fantastic time. He's such a showman. I he has, yeah, yeah, yeah. It. Do it. Go if you have the chance. <laughs> Before he, uh, he yes. this might be the, I don't even point, know if he's still, yeah. I have no idea when he's going to stop, but at some point he will stop because it's a huge show. Uh, and, and, you know, at some point he's going to do other creative things. So I just recommend it while he's still doing it. Go. It's fun. Well, in Showman, like you said, there's costume changes and there's foolishness and there's, it's amazing. It's a multimedia <laughs> experience. And yes. so he would show this trailer at his concerts during costume changes, you know, he's yeah. showing his appearances on the Simpsons and random clips just to give people something while they're moving the set around. And, and he helps you remember how long he's been around and how much he's uh-huh. really touched and been involved in and how much he's inspired. He, I mean, God, it's hard to think. When we say Weird Al, the last thing we think is, yeah, four decade long touchstone <laughs> of the industry. <laughs> like, But that's exactly yeah. what he is. Yeah. And so showing all of this stuff, people recognize, oh, he's an institution. People are like, yeah. when is this real film going to be out? When are we going to get to know everything? And uh, as you said, Walk Hard came out in 2007. And so 
the Dewey Cox story. would have filled that niche. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't <laughs> uh, doesn't make sense for him to then pull anything out close to that time frame, right? But little little too hot uh, on the iron right there. But yeah, I don't know. Ten years. It's been it's been another twelve years. <laughs> Well, and what really got him, Weird Al sees Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man. Yeah. This is yeah. 2018 and 19. And he loves Elton John and Queen parodying their songs. So he's had to talk to them or their institutions before. Yeah. And the thing that he really laughed at with these biopics is why did you have to change so many of the facts just for your own artistic <laughs> license? Yeah. Specifically in the in Rocket Man. They say, oh, he changed because Elton John's name is not Elton John, but he changed his name after seeing a photo of John Lennon. Hmm. And it's no, it was actually Long John Baldry. Hmm. But he's like, oh, nobody knows that person. So they just changed it to be more interesting or more palatable. Uh, He's like, why? Who cares? You know, so he's like, yeah, why don't I just do that and go way off the rails? Why don't I just change things randomly and and have fun? What an opportunity. Uh, Yeah. I mean, what a way I've been, I've been, when Bohemian Rhapsody came out, I've, I've, I was screaming. I was, sc- <laughs> I was screaming. It was like the story of what happened is a good story. <laughs> yeah. So I've been in meditating in this mode too of why is it necessary to change change everything? And so to have something like this, this jewel here that has that exact message behind it, it's the gusto of it is <laughs> if you want to change everything, then we end up in this adapt nightmare yeah (laughs) which is hilarious it fits this but as far as you want to talk about what this what what it's talking about the music biopics is most of them are insane most of them are absurd and they're changing things you don't even realize to -hmm. get to a a desired effect that you don't even realize is not even accurate i mean it's it's completely (laughs) off um and so this it's just a hilarious chef's kiss for me uh, of attacking this notion of just you know, well, we can bend and change any little fact we deem necessary mm-hmm. because it's a better story. Yeah, I just, I, I and I just, I disagree. <laughs> I just, this, the story of what happens nine times out of ten is pretty great. I don't know. I'm going on the soapbox. Save <laughs> yeah. Well, Weird Al, his story is super boring. He has supportive parents. It's pretty what A to B to C, right? <laughs> And so he's like, nobody would watch that anyway. So here is this guy from Funny or Die who made a thing and let me get him. So they wrote and developed it together and Weird Al doesn't want to direct it. He's like, I don't want to go through all that mess. I'll produce it and be on the set and have a bit part, but get the guy who had the creative desire behind it 10 years ago to do it. And so they work on it together. And then Daniel Radcliffe was their number one. They reached out to him as a as an option for wanting to do it i wonder uh, i wish i wish i was in the room for the conversation of how they land on him because i i I wouldn't know who to who to cast on as at all but like (laughs) that's certainly an inspired choice and for two people to go yes and point at each other and (laughs) like (laughs) like, uh yeah i mean it's amazing (laughs) well i did find one bit of filmed evidence of Mm. how they picked him so Mm. Daniel Radcliffe had said that he was not really into Weird Al up until about a decade ago when his girlfriend introduced it and her family is super into him. And he Mm. finally really understood also because he's from England. And so the American sensibility of it all is a bit lost. But 
the the video evidence I'll point to, which Weird Al said he saw and said, oh, I already like this guy. He's in, doing interesting stuff. He'd already done Swiss Army Man. He wants to do the weird, funky stuff. Right, Seems like right. he would be down. So on the Graham Norton show, which is a British, I don't know if it's late night, but it's one of those chat with celebrities mm-hmm, shows. Mm-hmm. Daniel performs. Tom Lehrer is a old school comedian, musician from like, God, I don't want to be wrong, but yeah, like the yeah, 50s, black and white footage of him. I got you. And he's got some really funny songs, but the the thing that he really does well is wordplay and creative rhyming and what Weird Al okay. has to do with his songs. But Daniel memorized one of Tom Lehrer's songs is called The Elements, and he uses the melody from, I think, something from the Pirates of Penzance, and it's literally all of the elements. Oh, yes. Yeah. In, in, in rhyme fashion. And it's Daniel and Rihanna on the thing, and Daniel just does the whole thing and people are clapping along and he's like, no, shut up. I need to finish this. And, uh, he just does the whole thing and people think he's only going to do a couple of verses. And he's like, no, I'm going to do, do oh the whole gosh. song. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so weird Al's then like, well, I think Daniel gets me then, or he would at least humor a zoom call to, to, right. to be interested. So yeah, that's, that was one of the things that, that clued them into. Wow. This might, wow. <laughs> this might be his five. He's willing oh to, he's, gosh. he's that much of a nerd that he's going to memorize the whole element song from Tom Lehrer. <laughs> <laughs> we, we might have a chance oh with him. Gosh. Yeah. So yeah, I'll post that in the, in the show notes if you want to <laughs> see him Beautiful. do that whole thing. Yeah. But that kind of leads us to, I think, Weird Al himself, as you said, what is true, what actually got him into this and his career that we just think <laughs> of as tough. ever lo- everlasting. But he's he had to start <laughs> somewhere. Don't go to, to the movie point. to if you want to know yeah. the, <laughs> because he got what he wanted. If you, I hope this confuses people because you know we, we don't like to admit it, but some people like go to the movies to figure out what their what the story of their history would be or who yeah. these people are. Of course, and he got what he wanted. If that's what you're doing, you will come out pretty confused in a hilarious way. <laughs> So, in a way, you will know who he is by what he, yeah. Using all, I mean, just taking the the music biopic cliches and just ramming them down your throat in the most incredible way. So I can't wait to hear actually yeah. some, some of the real truth here because I don't know much. Yeah. Well, I alluded to that he doesn't have scandal in his life. Right. The biggest scandal was Gangster's Paradise, who he was parodying. Right. Do, do you know who does that? Coolio? Is that Coolio? Think, yeah, yeah, Let me yeah, see. Yeah. Because they have him, yeah. they have his reaction in the film as just like, and that's very much well, then that's a, a point yeah. of contention. And that becomes a point of contention in the movie is the, the artist's reaction to the parody. And so this is one that just doesn't like it. So, yeah, but that was saying the only anything, thing. So. Yeah. But uh, that was easily smoothed over in real life. But, like, mm-hmm. in terms of an actual scandal compared to what they try to pump into these biopics of right, revenge right. and drug addiction and <laughs> chaos struggle. and adultery and the struggle and all of that. The Weird tortured Al. artist ripping sinks <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> yeah. In real life, Weird Al doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, has never done drugs, doesn't even swear. He is a vegetarian, maybe vegan. I saw different things, but hmm. is, is conscientious of that. Great husband, great father. Just <laughs> nobody can say anything bad about him. His decency in public is also legendary because he is... Hmm actually quite private and polite and shy. And I Mm. have 
firsthand experience with this. I worked for an ice cream company and we did events in Los Angeles. And I was yeah. at this backyard fundraiser for a school's arts program. So just somebody that went to the school, I don't know, it was some ritzy sure. LA school, but it wasn't even like a, a thing. And I think maybe his daughter went to that school or something, but he was, mm. he was just there as a person. Oh, yeah. And, and is immediately mobbed by everyone and people mm. are going up, but he is never tired constantly, whatever people want photo here, silly face there, sign this. <laughs> Just basically, he, you know, you'd think, oh, gosh. he just wants to be left alone and of all places, a private backyard event. And oh still gosh. the entire time he is extremely gracious and kind to people. I just looked at that and I was like, my Aww. God, yeah, this guy talks the talk and walks the walk like he's going to this is his life all the time. The lowly no ice cream. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Genuinely. He's so genuine about everybody that wants to come up and see him like so grateful. So, so gracious. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I I I believe it <laughs> too. Yeah, that that people say all that. The uh, tidbit about the accordion is <laughs> yeah. true. A door to door salesman did come to their house, which feels now like almost one of the most unbelievable elements. As <laughs> aside from the fantastical things laid in the plot, yeah, yeah. Th this almost feels like the most unrealistic. <laughs> One of the most unrealistic things that happens because I I was thinking about as the scenes were playing out, I was like, man, when did this go out of style? When when did traveling salesman knocking on your door really <laughs> really start to lessen? Because it seems like such a such a prescient trope all the way until almost God, that feels like the eighties or nineties <laughs> when it really started to die out, and it's such a classic thing. So I, I, I was like, when did this really, when, what? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was 66. And if you think about it, it's the golden age of the Beatles and Beach Boys and Bob right. Dylan. The guitar is the thing. It is, yeah. it is fudged a little bit because this salesman was coming with, oh, I can teach your kid lessons. But the father doesn't have a vendetta <laughs> against that. That part <laughs> of it, I was, not, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I yeah. was cracking up about. So that's yeah. what I wanted to ask about. Is like, so I assume his father was supportive. Oh, they paid for it. Yeah, they're like, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they make the the father hilariously into this just like horrible, like against art, against expressing yourself, against the against the accordion, against it. Uh, <laughs> it's so cartoonishly funny. Toby Huss does an incredible job, the actor. It, I, yeah. It's so over the top. Like the parent characters in particular are just so cartoonishly over the top. And the mom just like out, just like flat out tells you just like, well, I think it's best if you just give up on all your dreams and you just <laughs> stop being yourself. <laughs> Because that's how a, an actual biopic works is if there's no immediate, yeah, if they're supportive and say, sure, do what you want, then there's what's the conflict. Yeah. It's like the, the accordion salesman comes in and is showing the child Al the things and his father comes in and sees him and, and assaults the man, like beats him for, for showing his son the accordion. It's just again, <laughs> just like a cartoonish, out, out, just outlandish logic. But yeah, amazing. Amazing. With that, you know, kid playing the, learning the accordion, what is true is that he is, as a, as a child, alone in his room most of the time. His mom is pretty sheltering of him, mm -hmm. and uh, he's a nerd. He's a freak. He was smarter and then younger, so he got bumped up and was always two years younger in all of his mm. grades, which mm -hmm. you can imagine. That's horrible. 
yeah. to think that that's your life. So he graduated at 16 and he oh was God. valedictorian also. Whoa. So he's a freak. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my God. Yeah. You have a target on it. It's not, yeah. yeah. It's not like nobody, you don't get, you don't slip through. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody noticed, you know? Yeah. That's, and so he didn't really know. have a lot of friends, was bullied, oh and, and he oh found his, gosh. you know, comedy is a smart person's way of making sense of the world for a right. lot of people. Yes. And so this was Dr. Demento, is a real person, this radio DJ who he would listen to. Mm. And he submitted a thing to his show in high school mm. and was, you know, was interested in it, but went to school for architecture and gets yeah. his bachelor's for that. And the Weird Al thing, I don't know if they have anything with this, but it is not a compliment. It's people making fun of him in college. It's a uh, gosh, no. Uh, I don't that, know if they had that. In the, no, yeah. unfor- no, that's not part of the story. It just kind of comes out as part of somebody that's producing his act and just is blurted out by them. You're going to be this now. So, No, no it was don't. his choice. Gosh. It was kind of turning around an insult into a badge of honor. Mm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The bullying continued in college and there was this hallmate who got his clothes back. Somebody stole them during a shower and he had to run back using the curtain oh to cover gosh. himself. So this guy, Joel Miller, then says, I'm going to beat you guys over the head with a chair if you keep doing this to this kid, because he's younger than everybody. He's 16, <laughs> you know? Uh, God. And Joel says, what's this? An accordion. Joel plays the bongos. They start jamming. Joel, lifelong friend, best man at his wedding. They're still wow. tight. Wow. Um, this gives him his out and, oh, somebody else who likes music. And well, is see, a look, if you wanted to go straight nosed. And do a real biopic and, it, and do a yeah. real biopic and say these are the facts. It's that moment there. That's what I'm trying to give you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, otherwise, the conflict isn't. It's not. People yeah. want. This is so funny. People want the weird this. out. They want this. They absolutely want this. But it's not reality in the slightest. And on and if like if 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 somebody spent millions of dollars in making the you know the teenagers looking out for each other mm-hmm. story, that might be awesome and compelling and cool. But it I I is it going to have any further reach than what the film that we got is having? <laughs> you know what I mean? If, yeah, if, yeah. If that that idea done to the best. Is it going to be any better than, you know, in, in terms mm-hmm. of reaction and reach? Is it going to do any better than this? I don't know. I don't. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm saying this is somebody would love to see that other. That's more my <laughs> tone and style in a way. But like, yeah, when you match up as far as like how that would be received, I, is it? <laughs> I don't you know, it's still weird out. You know what I mean? This yeah. is what people this is what people want, even if it is some like cartoon caricature nightmare of of what people think a story is. Yeah, it's almost like he couldn't you couldn't do it this way. Because even with right, so him right. and Joel start going to open mics and at this time people are playing acoustic guitar ballads at coffee shops and it's Joel on the bongos and him on accordion and they're playing the theme from two thousand and one, just ruining people's uh And that's your end with your <laughs> yeah. and and they went on to do incredible things, you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> to credit the title. And nobody and that's not gonna be that's not going to happen. Yeah. Exactly. You know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, they're, they're doing what they love. Weird, musical, comedy, subversive, strange. And so this is my baloney. 
or my Bologna or my Sharona, <laughs> all that, you know, in, and they record this in the college bathroom because it's got a good reverb. That is part of it, which I was like, I was questioning as it happened. It seems really specific, mm-hmm. but uh, <laughs> the, the paranoia watching this movie by even by this point in the plot <laughs> of what is real and what well, is weird Al even said is part of the fun. Yeah, because in the movie, it's in a bus station. Not a college bathroom, oh, and Weird Al's right, like, yeah, I just did yeah. that because why not? Because sure, I'm just going to change it slightly because I can for no reason, uh, and so he does. Uh, this is officially the birthplace of Weird Al's career because then this gets played on Doctor Demento's show and blows up. There is a plaque at Cal Poly where he went to architecture school at this hmm. bathroom that says oh. this is where Weird Al's career began. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah it's very cool. That's uh, cool. And then just glossing through because it's been pretty much smooth sailing from there on. Eat It premieres on MTV, and that's what really set him off, the parodying even the music video building. It's one of my favorite departures. There's a lot of departures from reality, as you might have Mm -hmm. picked up by now. (laughs) But this is one of my favorite departures in in the plot. Taking Eat It is is (laughs) – his moment to say, I'm going to do an original. So there is no beat it yet. And that just is his song. And then Michael Jackson comes out with beat it after him, parodying him. It's. And people might believe that. Yeah. It's incredible. It's so funny. Well, I think they do. They do that in a way too, because weird Al does. I love a lot of his originals. It's not just that he has style parodies or, straight parodies he has originals too that are super awesome absolutely absolutely and and, and certainly a ton of polka <laughs> yeah 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 polka mixes and everything yeah that was one the of the polka ones that party I, that yeah. was so funny oh my god he like his friends are his teenage friends are taking him out to a polka party <laughs> as if it's some salacious thing yeah <laughs> And the dead kid it's like it's it's you know it's the devil basically yeah <laughs> polka it's incredible speaking of which his polka type mixes so i just watched the first 45 seconds because i wanted yeah. to see the oh i could watch it for free but lin-manuel miranda is in it i don't yeah. know if you caught that he's, yeah i he's did <laughs> so whatever and he's obsessed with weird al he did a song for his sixth grade class once as a kid, wow. he it, he said it had a huge influence on Hamilton. His and you can yeah. imagine the lyrical dexterity that both of yeah. them have. Yeah, interesting. And so Lynn was like, "I'm I have this one day in L.A. Does it line up with when you're filming?" And they said yes. And it's funny because it ends up being the opening scene, and so yeah. it's like, oh, there's going to be a lot of weird cameos for no reason it kind of sets the stage of like wait why is Lin-Manuel Miranda oh there's going to be a lot of musical and otherwise just strange cameos in this um but Weird Al when Hamilton came out he did a polka medley of all the Hamilton songs mixed in and uh this was the first time a polka song landed on the billboard digital song sales charts yeah (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) so polka did get its due in in real life with him the the music video stuff with him back to his life waned and his career dumped off with because he had done so far 14 studio albums as of now, but he's My only God. made one movie before this. And that one movie was in the late 80s, 1989, called UHF. 
What? And they have you seen this? Do you know about this? No, no. Oh. Yeah, no, it's like a cult classic because it was Orion Pictures who then they thought this yeah. was gonna get them out of the hole and <laughs> did horrible and then No. <laughs> I think they went away and maybe they came back, but it, it was a disaster yes. for them. But uh no, this is like he's running this public access TV that's the UHF frequency. And instead of it being parody music stuff, what he's playing is parodies of shows. So it okay. it makes it a vehicle for, oh, could they parody the shows of the time in in short bursts? I see. And there's a bigger okay. plot okay. to it, but because that yeah, but it was a commercial failure. But also back to one of our other episodes, Batman came out at the same uh, time. <laughs> Tough competition that weekend for a yeah. year straight after that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so this was going nowhere. So he it, people thought perhaps this is the end of him. What else can he do? But it, it caught back on because of Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit, reached out to Kurt Cobain about doing a parody. Mm. And Cobain loved the idea about how no one could understand him because it smells like Nirvana and he's making fun of right. how he sings and that style that everybody's right. like, oh my God, this is tainting the youth. And it, so it catches on. And that's one of the things too, is he always gets permission to parody, which you don't have to. But right. if he reached out, like Prince did, nev- did, did not want him to parody ever and mm-hmm. even was like, don't even look me in the eye when we're, when we're in the same room kind of thing. But that's not allowed it. to address me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, oh my God. that's, I think, also part of why he has lasted so long, too, and with the decency of it is because he does get the, the, the love and say from the people that he's parodying. So they then also endorse and support it. And there's no guff. Yeah, he's not just reaching and taking because he can. (laughs) To be salacious, yeah. (laughs) Right. He wants them, yeah. Which kind of, I guess, leads to the the sort of why he never went away, why he's been in through seven presidential administrations. My God. The 80s and onward. And I was reading an essay that somebody wrote, and it's kind of like him and kids in this time feeling odd and insecure. Maybe they don't feel like Michael Jackson or Nirvana or Madonna, these big american mainstream cool things but he's inserting himself into it deflating it completely showing like hey this being a rock star being a pop star is also absurd and silly nobody's out of the (laughs) the sniper scope when it comes to this and that he's popular too he's good (laughs) like people like him he was on oprah i'll post a link to that clip like he actually did an interview with her in the so like he gets to say hey get over yourself nobody's that important and so He's making music for himself in his room as a kid, which is timeless. There's, there will always be kids. I, I know the his uh, straight out of Linwood where he's like has more modern music is like, oh, he's still got it because right. there's people in the in the early mid 2000s well, that feel I, excluded. Yeah, I genuinely think that word crimes is a better version of yeah. <laughs> like it actually is a better version of that song. Yeah. One of, one of the things that I saw with uh, talking about like how it's better, there's an article where they went into the, his process of writing, oh, and okay. uh, it's very clinical, very meticulous. He's got hundreds of alternate lines, full quatrains, yeah. list of possible rhymes categorized by syllable count, binders yes. full of color-coded tabs. Like, Ooh. He, is, he is pouring yeah. over it as if it's high literature because you've got to get it exactly right and so even with uh white and nerdy it's like the line variations 
Escher is really still my favorite MC. Telia Escher is still my favorite MC. MC Escher is still my favorite MC. You know, Escher is my favorite MC. Like it matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's pouring over this, whether it's my favorite or the favorite or you know, all the little syllables to try and get it to match and have a good cadence and what what fits. And so, yeah, like it's so funny because smart, you know yeah. the, the detail that he's going through to to match and make it authentic to the original is is so the point that the that the <laughs> film is trying to make with these biopics that they don't go through that <laughs> right, that right. kind of detail and, and then so they don't yeah. go they don't even some of them don't ask <laughs> to even do it you know um or they could very easily why not set it in the college bathroom why'd you change it to a bus stop <laughs> what, what does it matter yeah that's a good point uh i that i was it's just something consistent in his respect that he gives the artist and the piece um, that I, is, I, it is consistent in what the movie is saying, I, I think, <laughs> and how it's critiquing the movie uh, music biopic. That's pretty, that's, is that on purpose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has that's to incredible. be. <laughs> incredible, incredible. The last thing I think is, is worth bringing up because that's kind of him up to now and like you said, right, right. get tickets to a tour if you can, because it is a full-on multimedia it's performance. Fun, yeah. And uh, the only other one, because you had mentioned Walk Hard, we said it a couple times. There was a film called Pop Star that came out in 2016, Andy oh, Samberg, right. and like right. The Lonely Island. But there's so much a uh, spiritual successor to Weird Al. Right. I forgot about that. I need to – I now – I had a friend when it came out that was all about it, and mm-hmm. I never did see it, so maybe I need to go watch it. I'm familiar. Yeah, it kind of was. Biopic comedy. <laughs> but again, it, it wasn't a real person. It was based on a fake person, and it's right, right, Lonely right. Island has their whole style, which is more self-depreciating masculinity, different, <laughs> right. different, different vibe to it. But yeah, I, I was looking into parody, musical parody over time, and there yeah. was only one one bit of business that I thought was worth mentioning. And it gets a little confusing because there's a thing called parody mass, which the first term of it comes out in 1587, like mass, like the Catholic service. And this has nothing to do with humor or ridicule. Parody is is the wrong word, but it's what's used Mm -hmm. in this context. It's just like mixing and mashing different parts of other mass musical compositions. So I was confused. <laughs> Don't be confused if you look this up, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, there's not humor in the <laughs> in the in the Catholic. It's not mass. funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but what was funny was Mozart, 1787. He has a composition which roughly translates from the German to musical joke. Hmm. And I'll post a link to the a YouTube video that goes through this, and you could listen to the whole thing. It's like 20 minutes long, mm-hmm. but. Uh, the comments are funny because people are like, hilarious, 14, 15, and it's just music. So funny. 20, I'm like, am I missing something here? Just LOL sounds like stands a, as 11. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just sounds like a uh, a Mozart piece. I don't you know. Um, but the context behind it is that he is making fun of what would be considered his competitors at the time, incompetent composers, people that are doing things that aren't pushing or challenging the genre just like a pop song. It's like, oh, they're not doing anything different. So let me make fun of this and and take them down a peg. Mm. So in Mozart's way, where he's making fun of the harmonic and rhythmic gaffes 
of the incompetence. So the whole thing is two horns and a string quartet, which is not unheard of, but it is very clunky because they don't really mix in. Why two horns instead of one? <laughs> yeah. And I'm speaking, uh, you know, out of nowhere because I'm not a <laughs> classical, you know, rake me over the coals that I'm not really explaining Jeez. music theory that well. But from what I could tell looking into this, <laughs> a couple other things with it, that he does sort of a medieval harmony at times versus a Baroque thing, which is very unfashionable. Hmm. Or classical, rather. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's like mixing things where it's like, oh, this is old. Why are people still doing this? I'm going to put this in here, which again, in the comments, if it's like hilarious, I, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> the difference sounds kind of the same to me. Um, Great bird. <laughs> the, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the ones that you can find, though, that he writes in these, quote, mistakes. So the end of this violin solo, they're supposed to be able to go up this thing and they end up like failing going up the scale. So it does sound bad. Like he it's writes written it in it's, the fail it's, it's, is written yeah, in. <laughs> yeah. It's out of tune. Like you can't, they can't like the person couldn't physically do it. So it goes out of tune, but really the, the easiest one to understand is at the end, which this might be one of the earliest uses of this thing, polytonality, where you're using more than one key simultaneously, mm. but because of how it's put together, it just sounds like it just ends on this. Like it's really <laughs> grossly out of tune. That's the end of this. whole. My thing. favorite. Yeah, I love it too. So if anything, look at the link, go to the last 15 seconds and <laughs> listen to, oh, this is bad. This didn't work. They just couldn't couldn't hack it at the end. Um, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's that's the most, uh, that's the closest thing I could find that that is uh, in, in historical terms, musical joke by Mozart, a, uh, a parody of those around him at his time. It reminds me, I was I was scrolling Reddit and I just happened to see I'm not I'm I'm not subscribed to the Reddit, but it was like a a, a Reddit all about coding, and so it was like uh-huh. a, a meme it was just like look at the base base code of this website, yeah, yeah. and all the comments were like LOL, can't believe, it. and I'm just like looking through the code for the joke. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's a different language. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's how I felt. Yeah, so maybe in in a hundred years, people go back and look at the Weird Al songs and be like, "This isn't. What is this? Yeah, why is this oh funny?" My gosh. Yeah, incredible, incredible. I I had a blast. This was seriously such a delight. I did not expect to have this much fun with this material. I did not expect to have this much fun with this movie at all. Mm-hmm. And man, you can't argue with totally free. Don't even have to give them your email address. My God. <laughs> <laughs> so totally recommend it. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thank you, Taylor, for the research. Yeah, uh, thank you. Reach out to us. Let us know what you're reading and watching. You never know when we're going to do an episode. Check out our show notes. Get all those special little nibs in there. Look at our socials. Go look at our extra work. Uh, we will catch you right back here next week. At illiteratepod at gmail.com. At illiteratepod on Instagram. And we will see you back here. See you then. <laughs>